Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Get Snagging. If you are in the process of buying or have bought a new build property, then this podcast is for you. My name is Ian Lively and I run Lively Professional Services, a new build snagging company. If you would like more information, then check out our website at www.livelyprofessionalservices.co.uk. All one word. So in this week's episode, we are going to be doing something a little different. We are going to be looking at some of the snagging related questions we have had from our YouTube channel. So here we go. First question. They should let the snaggers in before you sign for the property. Even when you buy a second hand car, you can get a professional to look at it. But when buying a brand new house, you cannot. The answer to this is, I agree. Developers should let a surveyor or professional snagger in before the customer receives the keys. How much better would it be for the customer when they move in and all their snags have been done? This year, this is going to change. Under the new Orms Quality Board, developers will have to sign up. And as long as they have signed up to it, they should allow new home buyers to have a pre-completion check done. This is of the new home, but in my opinion, this is not beneficial to new home buyers and is restrictive in how the inspection is carried out as you are not allowed to use any tools or aids during the inspection. You are also not allowed to highlight any serious breaches of building regulations or any of your warranty provider's standards, which to be honest, is a joke. And you cannot deviate from the checklist whatsoever when you are carrying out the inspection. My advice to all new home buyers is wait until you've taken legal completion and have a professional snagger inspect your new home. However, if you decide to go and have a pre-completion checklist carried out, then you will have to make sure that you get a copy of the new home's quality board checklist from the site manager and don't deviate from it whilst you're carrying out your inspection. Otherwise, the site manager or developer might not do the snags that you've listed. Next question is, who inspects the inspector's works? This is a great question. And the answer to this is, no one. No one checks them other than they might be audited once or twice a year, which is not very good. Next question is, I purchased a property that should not have been passed and now I am in all sorts of legal wrangles. The developers should not be allowed to get away with it. The answer to this is, we hear this so many times. Developers are getting away with murder and new build home buyers are paying for it. The house building industry needs to be fully regulated by the government to stop this from happening. Warranty providers should be disbanded and a whole new inspection regime and body should be set up to check new homes. Question is, I got a new build, nothing but problems. My bathroom has no window and the walls and ceiling are now covered in black mould. The house is only three years old. Also, no plaster on the walls anywhere. I never knew this was a thing in UK to not plaster. Well, the answer to this one is, it sounds like there is insufficient ventilation in the bathroom, so the extractor fan needs checking to make sure it's suitably sized and it's not blocked or the ducting is crushed in the roof space. As for the dry lining, this is common in new builds. The plasterboards are tape jointed with a jointing adhesive, then sanded and sealed afterwards. If done correctly, this can leave a very good finish. The question, being honest, if somebody accepted something delivered like this, having paid thousands and thousands of pounds for it, doesn't it feel like they're taking the PIWS out of them and have no respect for the work or to their customers? And if they cannot get the basics done right, does that inspire confidence in the critical things like foundations and mortar mix? As for plumbing and drainage, well, let's hope there are no surprises with levels. The answer to this one is, unfortunately, the customer has no choice but to accept this rubbish. 
as they are too far in the buying process to be able to back out and would lose a substantial amount of money. They only discover the house is terrible when they are handed the keys, which is absolutely ridiculous. Here's another question. Let's be honest, most of the defects are cosmetic here. The homeowner may go through a timely process to get these rectified now that they have taken ownership. What are these houses like under the skin? Foundations, lintels, low burning walls, etc. My answer to this is, if they can't get the finish right, do you think the rest of the construction has been given more attention? They might only look cosmetic to you, but somebody has paid a lot of money believing they will be getting a good house. But this was definitely not a good house. We go with another one. Who is carrying out the mid-build inspections? It's a shame people don't get to view before they settle the balance and take possession once they're sold and the directors are happy that things are selling. These snags are a dampener on somebody's new property. My answer to that is I agree. No one is checking these houses properly and pulling up the trays to rectify poor workmanship. A multitude of minor and some major issues creates any amount of stress for new home buyers. The unfortunate thing is, new home buyers can't return the product once they have received the keys and have very few rights to cover them. There have been a few comments stating these are only minor defects or issues. But what would happen if you bought a car with this number of problems? You wouldn't take it out of the showroom. And another one. I can't believe people still want to buy them. We'll be better off with an older house to fix up a bit. Probably also get a proper size garden as well. Well, unfortunately, some people don't have a choice, which is where affordable housing comes in on most new sites. There is an answer to this, and it is for the government to introduce mandatory retentions of up to 15% or more of the purchase price until the house is accepted as complete and compliant with all standards and building regulations and also to the satisfaction of the customer. Snagging will always be an issue, unless something is done to force the developers down a road they don't want to go. Older properties are not always the answer. They else then comments on the same conversation. Can you honestly see the government introducing a retention fee? Because I can't, as long as they keep receiving vast donations from these developers. Too good a gravy train for them. Somebody else also commented, well, if there was a petition started and it raised enough signatures, it would have to be tabled in Parliament as a starter. Let's put it another way. There are more people who would sign a petition and want better control, compared to the small number of other developers so it could get some ground if someone started it off. I would certainly sign it as it's the only realistic way of controlling builders to produce quality houses worth the money they ask. Unfortunately, I didn't reply to these, and I wish I had, but it's not a bad idea to hold developers to account by holding back a significant sum of money until the snags are fixed. But this needs to be done through solicitors and mortgage lenders. The government also needs to step in and regulate house building because it's getting out of hand. The quality of houses that we are seeing on a daily basis is actually getting worse. Here's another one. As long as people keep paying for this rubbish, they will keep doing it. And you can't blame the buyer, as most know no different. The only way it will improve is if mortgage companies insist on an independent inspection before releasing the money. As for the NHBC, they also need looking at. My answer to that was, not only the mortgage companies, but solicitors as well, need to protect their clients. In my opinion, all warranty providers, such as the NHBC, LABC and Premier Guarantee, need to be disbanded, and an independent quality auditing company set up to inspect all new build homes who are totally independent of the developers, and only when they say the house is ready should the mortgage monies be released and exchange takes place. Here's another one. All the tradesmen are on a price. Going to fetch the decorators costs time and money and holds up things. Maybe these multi-million pound house developers should set people on the books directly. 
Somebody else got involved with this one. Everybody works to a price, no matter if they're self-employed or direct. But what the vast majority on sites can't seem to do is their job, which they're paid to do. If they had done it right the first time, the houses wouldn't be such a mess. My answer to this was, I fully agree. If builders get it right first time, there will be no need for professional snaggers. This is a conversation I have had this week with a contracts manager and a site manager. The problem is that no one is checking and holding the trades accountable. In some cases, they even get paid to put their own work right. One of the other issues here is because there's a skill shortage, then supervisors of the trades don't like pulling the lads up because they're frightened of them leaving, which is a sad state to be in because at the end of the day, nobody is thinking about the end user, the new home buyer. This is a good one. Somebody's having a pop at me. Why do you keep going on about trays over ducks? They are not required. Why would you put a tray over a circular pipe where water will fall off onto the bottom catchment tray? So I responded, because building regulations state any penetration through the cavity requires a cavity tray. The circular boiler flue is designed to fall back to the boiler. Therefore, there is a likelihood of water penetration. The good builders put trays in. It is not hard to build them in as they know where the position of the ducts are on each house type. Then he carries on. I've been a bricklayer for 30 years and in the last five years, being on two Seal of Excellence sites and three pride in the job winning sites. So I think this will qualify me as being a good builder. If you look around any house in the country, be it from Victorian houses to modern build, we could all point out problems. Yes, we could. You know there is never going to be an issue with that. I would like to see you maybe doing some YouTube videos with you doing work on the tools to show people how easy everything is. All you do it for is clickbait on YouTube to help yourself make more money. Well, my answer to this is, that's far from why I do YouTube videos. And I gave up the tools a long time ago and went into site management. I have won numerous Pride in the Job awards and helped site managers to achieve seals of excellence and regional awards over the years. I've also been heavily involved in training apprentices and managers to MVQ Level 7. I don't think me going on the tools would make a difference. As you well know, there are trades out there who have no interest in doing a good job and are only interested in what they earn. Well done for being proud of what you do. You are in a minority. Keep up the good work. Looks like I ruffled a few feathers there, but cavity trays are an important part of any building to stop water penetration. That's why they put them over your front doors, windows, patio doors. Now we're going to get into some more serious questions. So here we go. In my experience, the site manager has no clout. He just has a bunch of bodgem subcontractors who don't give a damn while he hides in his cabin. I am in a new build and I'm now battling to get the snagging list done and seeing the workforce start around 8.30, brew up at 9.30, an hour's lunch at 12, and most of them have done the deed and are away at 3.30, earlier on a Friday. Bloody joke. The workmanship is dismal. I fix the simple snags myself, but try getting these clowns back to poor electrics, leaking toilets, the simplest of jobs to do it right at the beginning before plastering and painting. Personally, I wouldn't pair them with washers. If what I see is the state of British tradesmen, then we are doomed. Thank God they aren't in the military. My answer to that was, I'm sorry to hear you were having these issues. It was the developer. Unfortunately, what you are experiencing is typical across the industry. The new homes ombudsman must be inundated with unhappy customers complaining about their homes. I hope you're finding this interesting, but this next conversation um, is from a guy down in Devon who's had no end of trouble with Red Row. I'll, um, I'll read it, you'll understand then. 
pretty much every reveal we have is like that. What he's talking about is on the video, um, the window and door reveals were out of square. NHBC tolerances allow the builder plus or minus five millimeters. Some of the reveals on the video are over 10 millimeters. Some far worse. There was one I asked the NHBC about where in your video, it's the equivalent of it pointing to the window glass. That's how far out it is. I asked Red Row and NHBC and they said it was fine. Absolutely laughable. Red Row are still ignoring all our emails. NHBC take months to respond, refusing to measure, refusing to discuss defects, refusing to enforce their standards and refusing to enforce the conditions of Red Row being part of the NHBC for enforcement of defects. They are both pushing us to go legal we will be visiting their sales office shortly with other Red Row customers in Devon as a collective. We are also posting reviews on each of their Google Maps development areas since Red Row are now blocking and removing any negative comments from people across the media. So my response to this was, have you tried the new Orms Ombudsman? They might be able to help. He came back. Yeah, spoke to the MP and chair over there. The MP is leaving the moment it launches. The chair asked Red Row what they were doing and that's about it. I told them that this is a good example house to utilise on what really goes wrong, but they don't seem interested at all. We have asked them multiple times to act as mediators, and they have not done anything. Before it even launches, it's not fit for purpose. I have offered Red Row the opportunity to meet here, even offered them the opportunity to bring snaggers here so they can learn from it all. I have been ignored. My response to that was, wow. This is absolutely disgraceful. I will be getting the local and national papers involved. They might do something if they are plastered all over the media. His answer was, I've already put Red Row into all the national press, put them in the Telegraph, Mirror, Daily Mail, The Sun, etc. This was around August last year. Red Row claimed they were working with us, but haven't done a single thing since, and nothing has been done since January 2020. Red Row makes so many false promises, lie about it, then just ignore it. I've been blocked by Red Row on social media, as well as via email. We could do with some updated media exposure. My answer to that was, this is not good. You would think they would get the jobs done if they are being plastered all over the media. It is something worth having a look at on your local TV channels. As they look for stories like yours, this could be another avenue to follow good luck and he came back with our MP is involved but Red Row ignored her entirely Red Row failed to turn up to NHBC meetings as well as declining our invitation to a meeting here stating that as we're not accepting the £30,000 offer to settle which they want to be to counter all defects here and remove all liabilities on over £100,000 worth of defects and remove all social media since we're not accepting that, they won't attend a meeting. I'll contact local media, the national press, who wanted to do a follow-up on how things progress. So we'll have to also execute on that as well. Really wanted to avoid getting them and us into the press and wanted to avoid doing it again. But Red Row continually ignored our stance and doesn't leave us with much choice other than tens of thousands of pounds of legal costs. Well, this just out outlines really how scandalous the house building industry is and it really is time the government got involved and sorted it out. I feel really sorry for this customer that they're having so much trouble with Red Row and what they're having to go through. You just can't imagine the stress. I promise this is the last one. So I've just received an email literally from one of our customers and he says hello Ian I hope you don't mind me contacting you we are having major problems in getting our home builder to redo the pointing on our property 
They keep saying it is to a good standard and on par with the rest of the builds on site. It is clearly not and we're unsure as to where we go from here. Is there any way you can help us or point us in the right direction? I realise it was in November last year since you carried out the inspection. So if you would need the report sending over, please let me know. So I responded, hi, good to hear from you. I'm sorry your builder is not sorting this out for you. I would raise the issue with your warranty provider, give them a call and ask them to attend. They will probably ask you for the audit trail of what you have asked the builder to do and what the builder's response has been. Let me know how you get on. This is all too common. We get emails on a daily basis like this that customers are struggling to get the builders to fix the snags. Builders are not responding. In some cases, building a stretching out over the two years so they don't have to do the snags, which is absolutely scandalous. I think I've waffled on enough for that one. So I hope you found that interesting. It's been a little bit different to the rest of the podcast that I've done. But as we finish, as always, if you have any comments or topics you would like me to cover, then drop me an email to socials at livelyprofessionalservices.co.uk. If you would like more information about what we do, then don't forget to visit our website at www.livelyprofessionalservices.co.uk, or one word. And if you want to check out our YouTube channel, you can go to livelyprofessionalservices.co.uk. Again, or one word. I hope you've enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, then don't forget to like us, review us and subscribe to keep up to date with new episodes on whichever platform you listen to your podcast on. This really does help us to improve the channel. So until next time, thank you for joining me today and I look forward to talking to you soon.